With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's supposed to be a little more chill than this probably is, but if it's... It's not a thing that bothers me if it's not cold, so. I, I just swirled some ice in mine. Okay. I like it a little bit colder. It always gets warmer, but start out cold. Um, <clears throat> when we were at the beach, you were asking me about how advertisements work, and I'm like, oh, we pre-record them. Or, right. uh, guess what? You get to participate I knew it. in I knew, this. I knew that's where that was going. <laughs> the first ever joint advertisement read. Okay, but let's not. Well, never mind. I was going to say, do you, this is not my first advertisement that you frog marched me into you once made me talk about manscaped yeah let's 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 not let's actually not let's, i forgot about that yeah so so I'm, that's my mo i guess <laughs> um well this show would not be possible without florence marine x.com oh, yeah. john john yeah did you watch gravity uh i watched whatever clips were screened and it was amazing always is uh where did you see it just on I don't Instagram. Even, I don't even know where. I just I go down my phone and things turn up. Gotcha. You know, they uh, stab. If you're a premium member on stab, I they am. had it for 48 hours. The last yeah. 48 hours, it's not there anymore. Oh, the whole thing, the whole, the entirety. Yeah, it's gonna go. It's gonna be available, I think, for purchase. I don't know when, but on Apple and whatever else, and all the proceeds go to the junior lifeguards. Nice. So, on, on Oahu. So that's a good mission. But the film itself is insane. Why wouldn't it be? Right. He's insane. Yeah, I know. So I, I think about, okay, his carbs are crazy, but Felipe, it, you know, Felipe's carbs are crazy. Right. Except the wave John John's on is on the North Shore, and it's three times overhead. That makes a difference. It makes a little bit of it a difference. Does. Yeah. Best airs, best barrels, obviously, plus that rail game. It's yep. crazy. I know. Unbeatable. And waves of consequence. It's going to be interesting to see it, is it, what, what is his commitment or non-commitment to uh, CT. I am curious to see that as well. He's 
uh, going to be competing this year. I know that much. But I don't know how strong his commitment is to it. He doesn't need it. I, I was just going to say, I, I, I'm trying to think what the upside is for him because yeah. especially with, you know, the <clears throat> the announced announcement that we're back at Trestles, I don't really know what it's, you, he, he could he could win everything and go to Trestles and, <laughs> and, not, and not even lose, just, just be uninterested. Why would he be interested in surfing that spot against those guys? And, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, it's interesting, but. I mean, I've loved the way that he's managed his career. 100%. Like, yeah. him dropping gravity. Every one of those clips you see, you're like, man, that could be, that could break Instagram for the day if he dropped right. that on any given day. Right. No, just held him off, put him in a film, and really does things on his own terms. Kind right. of feels like an art project, like right. his whole thing that he's working on between the brand and his, uh, the surfing that he allows us to see, you know? Right couple world titles just to verify like he was he is the best it makes but a big difference i know it's really impressive but putting the uh waving the uh or wearing the cloak of the man of mystery just sort of sailing off yes. and then wait, making us wait for it instead of being all there all the time is, was it. great i love it yeah. uh but letting us follow along for part of that trip with the vela thing so anyways florence marine x their sponsor of the show john john's the man behind the brand obviously the gear is north shore tested which i think is Hardcore enough for anything that you and I are going to put it through. These shorts that I wore in the car on the leather seats today right, to right. the beach, good thing to know that they have been through the elements so that they could survive this. Confidence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel confident in them. Uh, so thank you, Florence Marine X, and then waterwaystravel.com, also with us. They've been around forever. 1994. You know who they featured in some of their ads in about 97 and 8? Mm. Me. Shut up. I wasn't featured. Somebody took a, uh, it was a little bit later, it was probably 2000. Somebody took a picture of me in El Salvador, and it was a great little, Jeff Devine took the picture, and he must have sold it to him. Did, never got my permission. But I, I would, now and then I'd be flicking through a magazine. You know, it's like my, the picture of me was about two by one or whatever, but it was like the El Salvador package featured. A picture. Was it, what was the photo of? Of, of me in orange trunks and a whiteboard inside of a beautiful uh, Punta Mango 2. From the water, right? 100% from the water. Yeah. yeah. As if you were, as if the photographer is paddling over the shoulder. And yeah, I've seen it. I've seen that photo. It's a great shot. Same session as the photo of you kicking out, right? There's Correct. that image. That's, that's the same session. And you know what? You know what? So when I think of when I remember how great that trip was, um, what I, I miss being that good of a surfer, but I also really miss those orange trunks I had. There was, there was, I just, my, my favorite pair of trunks. And um, I'll talk to Florence Marine X, see if they can. All right. Manufacture a pair of orange. See if you can talk to the talk to the travel agency and give me another trip to El Salvador. Maybe we should do a surf splendor trip. Have you been to El Salvador? No. How many places do that does waterways like how how many dozens and dozens and dozens. I bet, right? Yeah. I mean, um from J Bay to Tavarua to Samoa to just Central America. Just go online and pick your continent and just keep filtering down to where you want to go. You go to, the, there's a destinations tab. Yep. You just hover yep. and boom, the thing pops down and it's by, yeah, it's by region and then subcategories yeah, yeah. within that region essentially. Right. So Central right. America and then there's like Nicaragua, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Ecuador. Nice. So, and by the way, Sean Murphy um, built a couple of resorts like in Samoa, maybe Timor, uh, had been traveling there. There was no resort. So he actually invested and built the resorts there. So he's been, he, he's been around forever, right? Yeah. 1994. Wow. So, so same, started the company and still his company. Yep. Good for him. Yeah, it's a small crew too, like a few office people. That's great. And he's still traveling and sussing out locations. 
He's just so. I think he's just traveling to get away from paying me the royalties for those photos for me in El Salvador. I'll track him down for tell, you. Yeah, tell him. Don't worry. All right. All right. Waterwaystravel.com. Matt Warshaw even need an introduction at this point. He's been a guest here multiple times. Uh, he is surfing's foremost historian, born in 1960, raised in Manhattan and Venice Beach, California, boyhood pal of Dogtown's Jay Adams, owner, in fact, of the very first Zephyr surfboard at the age of 12. He's a former pro surfer, former editor at Surfer Magazine, writer of many, many articles in various publications starting in 1984, plus books like The History of Surfing, The Encyclopedia of Surfing, and now his life's ongoing project, TheEncyclopediaOfSurfing.com or EOS.Surf. A little bit easier to type in. The EOS archives surf history and it is user funded to the tune of $3 a month. If you don't already support, stop listening right now and go to EOS.Surf to sign up. We need this work to be done, and Matt is the best suited human being on the planet to do it. He's also doing a fun drive in a couple of weeks. So if you have any charitable budget at all, either personally or maybe for a business that you manage, the EOS would be a phenomenal place to allocate those funds. Matt will tell you about the projects that he's undertaking this year that require special funding, and they are long overdue, and uh, surfing needs them. So. Matt, by the way, lives in Seattle with his wife and son, but he was down in Southern California to visit his family for the week of Thanksgiving. And we had the opportunity to spend an entire day together. And then in the early afternoon, poured a couple of Manhattans at my dining room table and chatted about surfing. So my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor, and here is the latest with Matt Warshaw. Enjoy. Matt Warshaw, welcome back to the show. Thank you, David. I think this is our fourth one. Do we have anything left to say? We could talk about your first wave today. The first wave was the, yeah, it was a, <laughs> what we were at, uh, what was that secret spot called again? It is a, we will not name it. You can't name it, no. I mean, it's a joke to call it a secret spot because it's literally, uh, you could see it on PCH, but the parking is uh, such a way that nobody's willing to park and then walk half a mile or a mile but to the spot. Let's also let's also at least say that we were in the we we're, we're in in Orange County or is this sure we're in Orange County and we did surf alone today in really really fun totally waves totally so and perfect conditions good it's us, a sunny right? it's a it's a vacation week it's Thanksgiving week so people aren't working sunny light breezy offshore perfect conditions yeah. nobody up. My, uh, my, my, my mother-in-law is one of those people who at Thanksgiving, uh, you just sit there and you wait for it. She's going to say, okay, that's, everyone has to say what they're thankful for. Mm -hmm. And now I have something, I don't have to say something made up thing about my wife or whatever. and kids. Yeah, just, 
Yeah, we did it. We got it on. No, that first wave you got on. I know. I know. I know. I talk about talk, it. I'm not going to talk about my own first wave. Come on now. You did talk about it earlier. You said it was the best wave you've gotten in four years. But that's not a comment on how good the wave was. That's a comment on what... How good of a surfer you are. No, no, how good of a surf. <laughs> it's, it's a comment on that when I surf these days, it's usually in Manhattan Beach in, uh, in waist-high closeouts. So today, we surfed waist-to-shoulder-high <laughs> waves that weren't closed out. For I mean, the, it doesn't, like, the, bar, the bar's pretty low. I know, I know. But that first wave did go from where I caught it all the way till the wave ended many, many yards down the beach. Ankle-deep water, I'd say. Yeah, and... Um, and I did, you know, if you're a formerly good surfer, like I am, you, the thing you can do, the thing that doesn't leave you is you just stand up and trim and put the back, tuck the back knee in a little bit mm. and just make yourself look like a guy that used to surf well. It's not, that's, you know, that's yeah. where I go. So I, I, you trim with the knee tucked in a little bit and you pretend like you're just cruising along. And then you saw what happened the second wave. I tried to get fancy and turn and I fell. <laughs> so. Um that's all you really want to do in surfing though anyways, right? At this point it is. You know, or, or even in the beginning, like throughout, that's what you want to do. Sam George once wrote a piece. Uh, I don't know if it was in Surfing or Surfer because he worked at, he edited both, but he wrote something that I thought was outrageous when I read it. And the older I get, the more it makes sense, which is that most of us surf the way we do because people are watching us. So if nobody was watching, if you were just out all by yourself, we'd all be just, taking it a lot easier and just riding along, you know? Or if it's not that someone's watching you, it's because you're practicing for when somebody is going to be watching you. So if you remove all that and don't care, you end up surfing just like I did on that first wave. That's a great point. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. Tell the listeners what you were riding. I was riding uh, an eight-foot triple step-up swallowtail made by Don Kotawaki, who's been making boards for me since the 80s. It's not my board. It's my, my longtime best pal, Mark Theodore's board, and he loans it to me when I'm in town. And I can't ride a fun board, and I definitely can't ride a long board, but I've always liked riding big, long, full-race guns in tiny ways because I, I know my feet know where to go. And so I was riding, at eight, I was riding a board that somebody, that somebody would have ridden not at really, really giant, big sunset. Mm -hmm. Actually, what am I ocean saying? Ocean Beach. Yeah, that's, that's a, it's a good ocean beach board, right? Yeah. So, um, and that's, small fins too, by the way. Those were small fins? I don't yeah. even, I can't even tell. Yeah. Um, it's the did most. Did I have the fins in the right way? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> uh, it was the most unlikely board choice that I've ever seen. Like I would never think to ride that. I've never ridden a board like that, to be honest, because I've never ridden waves that require a board like that. But it was the perfect board. It's just, a, it's just a different version of a fun board. It's just a lot of... It's uh, narrower it's a lot of, and pointier. Right, narrow and pointier, but it's a lot of volume, and uh, the nose doesn't catch. And yeah. it... I, I don't know. I, I, I never wrote anything except uh, whatever the performance boards were through all the eras that I surfed in, and I never developed... You have to ride... I, never, I could never ride a fish. I could never ride a mini... Uh, like a small longboard. I couldn't, I cooked out every possible time I experimented with boards, I cooked out. But I always had a bunch of boards in my quiver and I could ride all of those. I could, I didn't ride the small ones in big ways, but if I could, I could take any of the bigger boards and be perfectly comfortable on them in, in small ways. So in Ocean Beach, I used to always in summer when it was just barely breaking, um, ride 
my biggest board, my 8.6. Okay. The board that I would ride at the beach when it was huge, huge. I would ride that in two foot waves and had a, I would have a ball on it. So that's what that is today. It's just another version of it. And the waves were basically a right sandbar, mm-hmm. kind of like, almost like a point break, but a sand bottom. Right. Um, and shoulder high. So, but I'm paddling out. You paddle out first. I'm paddling out. And the freaking within two minutes of being, of paddling out, the wave that we had seen from the beach, which is why we chose to surf there, comes straight to you. And I'm like, oh, Matt's got a chance here. It looks like it's going to be a pretty fun day because we're going to get a bunch of these. Turns out that was the only one. That well, came. that was, but, yeah, that's a- But you spun, and I know you haven't surfed in a fair bit, and for the last few years you haven't been surfing for a while. So I'm like, I don't expect anything of you, but you just spun, casually get to your feet, cruise down the line, crap, like, I don't know if you cracked it, but you definitely like got in a little comfortable turn or two, just boom, maybe floated a section or two cruise, perfect style, perfectly ridden that board. Couldn't do more than what you made it do. Nailed it. I think that, uh, if you um, still got it, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain, uh, core level of, of that I learned that I think that I would be able to do, even if I was sort of like 90 and if if you could just prop me up, I could just sort of do it. Yeah. The hard part for me, you know, like all the things we've said, I, I don't have much stamina anymore. I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a fourth or fifth gear when I paddle anymore. Right. You know, it, but but there's a certain like like if I redu- if I forget about really trying to go hard off the top, or if I forget about any kind of like trying to do anything too reboundy with anything, like if I'm just doing the, the basic, slide up and down, that tucked back knee, I think I can do that until. Um, until the you know I, I slip I slip my coil. Well, the thing that everybody who's aging and I ask how they continue surfing the pop up, the pop up is what gets them. Pop ups. I didn't go on two waves today because I knew I was just going to poke it if I tried. You know, I, you, I don't I don't know I don't even know why it should be. I mean, if I if I drop down here on the floor right now, I feel like I can pop up fine. But when I'm, you know, I, it's confidence. I think it is confidence. If, so honestly, you should get down on the floor, not here, but on your own time and continue to practice that when you're not surfing. And that's what wave key is, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know Brad calls me about that and I should, I should give him more time. I just, I, I don't, I actually, the thing is, David, I don't want to care anymore about it. I just want like, so today I wasn't going to come to this. You said I was supposed to go see somebody else for uh, lunch and that got pushed back till tomorrow. So I thought, oh, I'm going to take David up on this invite and go surf, but I didn't think it was going to be that fun. So I just like this, that wave I got, that just sort of fell out of the sky on me. But I don't want to have to be thinking ahead and planning and like, uh, I don't want to try anymore. Like that, that came to me, like it was a gift. It came to me, I'll take it, thanks. I can still do it, great. But you know, that all the, all those years when I surfed all the time, gosh, it was, um, it was like, uh, you know, it was just being, it was sort of on that mission that you're on and it's, I was never not thinking about what's the next trip. What's where do I go? I don't. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think anymore at all about how well I'm surfing. I understand that. You part, know, so but, but will today's session um, doesn't it invigorate you and kind of no, re- no, reset? It, it, it invigorate. It reminds me of how much um, how much I lo- and I'm going to use the word past tense, like how much I loved surfing and how much it meant to me. For the, I started when I was eight, and I kind of stopped when I was fifty. I didn't stop; I just stopped being surfing all the time. But that period, like that whole long 
complicated, just crazed, obsessive period, like how much I hated a lot of it. I got really frustrated with a lot of it, and especially the last eight or 10 years of it, I was just going, why am I still doing this? But for a long period, for 30 years, when it was the love of my life, when I have a wave like that today, I go, oh, that was why it was the love of my life. That was why I did it. You know, and again, I didn't do anything in that wave today. It just reminded me how good it feels to catch a wave and 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 ride it and feel like uh, the, the motion itself felt good. And and um, God, it just goes before that because before I even surf, when my uncle Daniel pushed me across the pool in in Tarzana when I was five or six, and I stood up on his board and glided across the pool. I go, wow, this is this is the best. This is the great. I want to do this. And we moved to Venice a year or two later. And, you know, then skip ahead 45 years. And I was fine. And then I finally set it down. But I, that's how long it, and I, I said, you know, for the last 10 years, since we moved to Seattle, 11 years, a lot of that time uh, I spend going over all that and wondering, God, what, that was, that was something that was, and then I have it. And then I re, I need to remind myself, and that's what happened today. It reminded me of why why I did it. It doesn't make me want to go out and um, chase it down anymore. So you and I are twenty years age difference, yeah. approximately. Yeah. Um, I surfed earlier this week uh, for the first time in a month, and well, it, you have a, you have a newborn, so yeah. And um, I have a bunch of reasons for why I didn't surf that month, but it was the long probably the longest stretch of time I've gone without surfing really ever. Right. And that session, I actually forced it. It was like, I have work to do. I should be going into the office, but I need this for just self care, you know? And so how I, long had it been before that? A month. Okay. A month. Right. right. Uh, so I went and it was just such a good, re first of all, the waves were super fun. Kind of like today, nobody right. out, right. great conditions, got a bunch of good ones though. Unlike today. And it was a reset of, I just, a smile was on my face. Right. It's all, all the cliches. Right. And I, and I just thought, this is uh, David. This is who right, I right, am. Right, right, right. You came back to yourself. All the rest of that month, I was just faking it, to be perfectly honest. Right. And the farther I got away, the harder it was to fake it. Right. And I can be kind and I can kind of have the same kind of worldview and all this stuff. But honestly, surfing is what sets all of those things right. for me. I need the exercise first right. of all. But in a and it wasn't that I shredded a wave or anything no, like no, no, that. I, it was more just like being in the ocean and getting a little exercise and getting the sun and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. Um, so I I hear you what you're saying, and it I'm afraid to think that. That one month will become norm, and then it becomes two months, and then you don't even. It sounds like you don't even identify, because like when I say I feel like David again, it's because David identifies as a surfer with right. all of these. World That's views. the word I wanted to bring the word identity in here. And you're still at a point where I I didn't I can't imagine I cannot when I was forty I couldn't have imagined not doing it with the degree of like with that ferociousness and that intent. I never, at 40, I thought I'll never not, it was inconceivable to me that there would come a time when I wasn't doing it at that point. In the next 10 years, it just started getting to be sort of diminished returns because to maintain that yeah. focus. But the thing that 
So when you just made this face, like, oh, and, and I've said the same thing to other people who are still in that where I used to be. And the thing that you have to remember is that if, is that if uh, it still felt that way to me, I'd still be doing it. So in other words, when I, when I stopped, it was just pushing away from something where I felt like I've had enough. Like it didn't, so it didn't feel like I was, um, it no longer, it didn't feel like I'd lost something. I didn't. And look, you see, look, you look, can you, can the, well, can anyone see how skeptical you, like, do I, we got yeah, a camera? there's a camera. Because you, you look skeptical. Yeah, and well, I think well, it's because, with, is it because you weren't putting yourself in good waves? Were you just, sur- like, you were surfing shitty waves Not at all, conditions? no. It, it had to do with, like, I go, God, uh, so, so okay. it would be different for different people. But for me, it was, I had a kid at 49. Um, I, I was starting at 49 to um, either lose a step or at very best, I was, I had plateaued. I wasn't getting any better. I wasn't developing. And I really didn't want to put in the hours in crummy surf uh, to, to, to keep my level where it was. So like for me, like stay, being good, good at it was really important. And when I could see that that was going to, not just good at it, but like improving was really important. And when I could see that that wasn't going to be the case, it just became really frustrating. Uh, and so I was an unpleasant person to surf with for the last, you know, like five years where I like from 45 to 50 or whatever. I, I, I mean, I still had, I was still, I still had great moments. There was always the bull, I, I could hit the bullseye now and then, but God, I had more and more times where I was out there just going, why am I still doing this? And da, da, da. And it was just harder to justify it. It was, it's a lot of time, man. It was just so much time putting into it. And I started resenting how much time it would take. And I also thought, God, it, you know, at this age, like maybe there's, I should try something else. You know, I should, and it, it turned out to be that mostly what I wanted to do was just work on Encyclopedia of Surfing, which seems like not much of a breakaway, but but by not surfing all the time, I had so much more time to put into this project that I wanted to work on. I also needed to um, be better at being a dad and a husband. I wasn't a failure at it, but I knew I could do better if I wasn't surfing all the time. Yeah, you know, I up until 48, 49, I was still doing telling those bullshitty kind of like little lies and, you know, coming home later than I promised I'd come home and um I just, you know, I I wanted to do better at that part of it. Yeah. So so but so it's it, oh, so I think our the way that we treated it in our obsession of it was a little bit different. Cuz I don't I don't know that I was as yeah, obsessed no, I, as you were. I went no. Few. And so, so me now distancing myself, for, uh, like, I feel like I could find a happy medium. Like I, uh, derive tremendous pleasure from my, uh, relationship with Lauren and my relationship with Austin. Like those are more important to me than surfing by far. And I knew that prior to even getting in those relationships, I knew that was my life plan. Right. And so as those came, I quickly put surfing aside. But when I revisit surfing, I right. realize how much it informs me and makes me just better at those things too. My experience has nothing. Your experience, you're gonna you're gonna find your own uh, uh, way of layering all those things together. And you already so there's like whatever whatever I'm saying to you. This is not a thing that you're facing down yourself. You may end up surfing um, three times a week until until the end. Yeah, you know, and and I'm not. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, but I'm I, not a temp, my thing is not a template for anybody else. Of course, but I have to yeah, ask I mean, and engage you're, you're, and, you're, and assess and all right, that sort right, of stuff. Right. Um, but I guess what I want to say is if you, if you, if you, if you do get to a place where 
you're thinking about, I don't want to do this at this level anymore. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad. Like I, you know, I, again, I have so I have friends who are my age who are still surfing all the time, and they and I was the most I was the most frothiest hardcore out right. of all those guys. And right. so when I went to the other side, it was like I'd been kidnapped for them. They they were you know they they still can't figure it out. Like and, and all I say to them is like you know it, uh, it wasn't but it it wasn't exactly like I hit a switch when Jody got the job at, when we moved out of San Francisco to Seattle when I was 51 and that was that was the mark that was the point where it turned you know there were a few months in Seattle where I was bitter about it I was resentful I wanted to keep surfing a lot I brought up I, I brought up boards with me and da, 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 but I pretty quickly thought this is actually the, this is the off-ramp that I've kind of been looking for even if I didn't know I was looking for it and I let it go and it was it was it felt great mm. and it, it didn't I didn't need to feel like I had to be surfing and I, I didn't and so when I say like today came to me, I, if I don't chase it, if it lands, it's like, you know, if the butterfly lands on my shoulder. Look at that. Look at that beautiful butterfly. I'm so stoked. Thank you. Um, and wait, not, for the ne- wait for the next butterfly. Yeah, not you know? setting up a butterfly sanctuary right. in the back. But a lot, a lot of times what I do, you know, what, what I really want to do, uh, what I miss, and this is, I, I put this in a separate category, is like I, I don't really want to, I don't want to, I don't plan on going surfing on a board. I really would love to just go body surf two or three waves a day in warm water. I would just, I want to, I would, what I don't like about Seattle is I'm not next to a place where I can just get in the ocean. So if I, I grew up in Manhattan beach yeah. <clears throat> and like I leave my brother's house, jog 20 minutes to the beach over the hill across PCH. And if the water's warm and I can just jump in and ride three shore break waves, get a little tiny shore break tube and then get spun around and there's feel like, that means a lot to me. That actually means more to me than, than tucking the knee and riding a wave to prove that I can still surf. Totally agree. And that's a consensus among so many people that I interview. Speaking in the ocean, right? And, and body surfing specifically. Right. Which Like which, they almost, you get elevated to a point where you don't need a board. Like the board is actually a distraction between you and the ocean. Yeah, I mean, it started off in the ocean, right? I, we, when we moved to Venice when I was six or seven, we, you know, we... My brother and I body surfed for a couple of years. That's what we did for first. And, and and I'm not saying there's some kind of cosmic full circle thing that's happened, but the rush that I felt at seven or eight, and it's not even riding waves. It's just getting tumbled. And it's just going from, from, from beach to water and then jumping over waves, jumping under waves, and then occasionally riding a wave and then being slightly out of control when you wipe out and popping back up and swimming back, swimming back out and doing it and not giving it doesn't matter at all how like Phil Edwards once said something about how like the first you know the, the first day you surf is the best day because on the second day you're trying to do better and, so true and by the, Man, that's he was smart right and it wasn't and I, I I don't for a minute resent that I spent all those years trying to get better it was really fun it was like playing like my son the way he plays games he's always going to go to the next level I loved going to the next level next level high how high can I keep going but it's it it's a it takes a lot out of you to do it you know and I and I'm not at 51, I was definitely, I was I was probably done at 45 wanting to keep getting better at it. it I'll never be done wanting to go in the ocean. Yeah, that's a great point. Summed it up. Well cheers. done. Yeah, Thank cheers. Uh, should we tell people? By the way, this happens every time. I know, time. that's, that's uh, I'm, a, I'm a little, yeah. My drink is empty, Matt's is so I was going to say, we, you know, after the pod, we can have a, a, a um, <laughs> what's it called again? When you gather the, gather the loved ones around and tell you're, you're, drink, you're drinking too much. Um, no. <laughs> All I know is uh, 
I, you do all the talking, so your drink stays full and mine is empty for that same reason. Um, this is, um, do you drink Manhattan's when I'm not here? No. I, I'm happy to make you another one. I, I will make it up and make you another one. I'll wait a minute. All right. I'll let you Actually, catch up a little give bit. Me that, give me a glass. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I didn't want to ask. That's what you, it, but, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. So the Manhattan, um, there are listeners right now who found my show within the last year and have not listened to past, the past three episodes that we've done together. But the Manhattan is a tradition. It's a our lot. signature. It's our signature sort of thing here on this. Well, it's your signature drink that I have been in. No, but I mean, when, when you. you and I sit down to do a pod, we have to have, I'd ra- you know, we, 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 in addition to breathing, we'd have to have a Manhattan. It is, uh, we started the pod for the record at about 2.45. So it's early in the day. West Coast time. Mm. And I feel okay drinking this drink because by the time I get on the road, I will be able to walk to Manhattan Beach faster than I'm going to have to drive. (laughs) The The traffic traffic is a nightmare around here. Um, Um, Day before Thanksgiving, by the way. No. Tomorrow's not Thanksgiving. You're right. Tomorrow's the day before. This is Christmas, Thanksgiving's Eve's Eve. Exactly. Two days before Thanksgiving. Um, When when (laughs) does... Actually, you know what? We're going to talk about EOS. All right, go let's ahead. push it back. Do we want to talk about it now? I'll, put, I'll talk about EOS. Remember, so we okay. I was going to say we could talk about it at the end of the show, but the reason why you're here—well, not the reason why you're here—you're here to visit family. But right. the reason why you and I get together once a year is the EOS fund drive is coming up. Correct. Mm-hmm. EOS again. I'm going to pretend like listeners haven't heard us talk before, and that this is the first time they've been introduced to you. Encyclopedia of Surfing. There was a book once upon a time. There still is, but it's now a website as well, eos.surf, mm-hmm. and that is your full-time project. Yeah. Do you want to give a mission statement? What's your objective here? To preserve... <laughs> I remember what I was just saying to you in the car about how hard it is for me to talk about my own thing? Mm-hmm. You just asked me for the mission statement, and I'm sitting here trying to remember what my own mission statement is. It is... Uh, to preserve, celebrate, and occasionally goose surfing and surf culture. It's really all in the head in the title itself. The Encyclopedia of Surfing. Except except at this so the Encyclopedia of Surfing, the book was was just this big slab of it was like nine hundred pages of text with tiny little black and white photos, and you started at Camp Auburg and you ended at Frida Zamba. It was an A through Z. I remember telling friends, I go, I'm, I'm writing an encyclopedia of surfing. It took years to write. And Dan Duane. I don't know if you were, you were interviewed. Inter- yes. Um, Dan Duane and I were. He just got into the podcast game. Right. Is and, he doing, and, oh, he did the shark thing? Yeah. Uh, and right. so we interviewed him for that. Right. But I remember uh, Dan and I were really close. We were neighbors at that point. That's right. Yeah. And um, the book came out and I was exhausted and I'd been working on it for years and I was two years over deadline and I handed it to him and he looked at it and he goes, oh, you really did an encyclopedia. Like he did, he, I don't know what he thought I was doing all that time, but it, it was like, you know, it was a, it was three quarters of a million words, A through Z from, you know. So the Encyclopedia of Surfing website initially was just me trying to migrate the book over. But then I also brought in uh, another book I wrote called History of Surfing. And then I added a section, which is all just Q&A, like you know, Andy Warhol's interviews kind of thing. And I added another section that's like, Contest results, so every result for every Makaha contest that was ever held in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, which, incredibly enough, had never been gathered in one place before. Yeah. So 
Um, I just opened up all these different sections the way Disneyland kept opening up new, you know, Adventureland, Tomorrowland, da 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 da. So it's encyclopedia. It's almost as fun. <laughs> the joints is the Sunday joints is fun. Encyclopedia of Surfing started off as just being the Encyclopedia of Surfing, but now it's much bigger. It's confusing because the Encyclopedia of Surfing book lives within this much bigger Encyclopedia of Surfing website. Anyway. Well, the fundraiser, it, it yeah. blows my mind that you're the only person who has taken the time to actually uh, archive this thing. It doesn't blow my mind. You know what? I, I mean, there's, it there's doesn't. It shouldn't. There's no money in it. I mean, like, who's going to do it? It's a labor of love, and it's so tedious, and there's only one personality type that would be equipped to actually do the task. And unfortunately, you're the only, the single human being on the planet. I I love doing it. I love love even the tedious stuff. Um, We were talking about the Sunday joint in the car, because, like, the the encyclopedia of surfing, all the A through Z stuff is just, it's just sort of, like, a lot of that is, um, you know, it's history, and it's facts, and it's all this stuff that, when you want to find it, there it is. Great. But still, it's kind of, it's just kind of there sort of inert. It's like the, sort of like the vegetables of my thing. And then the Sunday joint, which I do, is the newsletter that comes out, incredibly enough, on Sunday in the afternoon. Um, that's me going into it in this other gear that I didn't think I wanted to mess around with, but it turns out I love, which is I'm trying to be uh, and entertaining about it all. So I'll go off on it'll, encyclopedia, or the Sunday joint is like usually a, it's a 800 to a thousand word riff with links to the site, but it's me just going, going on about music or, 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 uh, or, you know, or a movie or something else I saw and c- connecting it all into contextualizing. Conte- right. A lot and, of the and I just love, love doing that. And it's been a big hit and that is not, um, vegetables. That's just supposed to be really fun. And I think it's, and it's, it's kind of like this newsletter that ate my website because the, the Sunday joint was supposed to be me something. I was just me dashing off a few paragraphs on Sunday before having my Manhattan with Jody to let people know what went up on the site the week before. And it's turned into this thing where it's like now it's like two and a half days to get it the way I wanted and the right voice and the right images and everything. But that is um, the thing that I'd like to believe that people are getting sort of the, the most out of. It's it's also sort of the, uh, it's the gateway to the big part of the site. Like the yeah. joint is supposed to be like the, like the clown tying the balloons to get you to come into the museum sort of thing. I'm not, I'm not but yeah. I, or, I mean, you just, in today's world, you have to engage with people regularly, right? you know? And so the website's incredible and we will, people will support it just because it's important. We need it to exist. And I will reference it when I'm going to interview somebody. I'll pull it. That's the first place I'll go to pull up to find information on whoever I'm interviewing. Um, somebody else has to write the Matt Warshaw entry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know whom, but, um, and so it will exist for that, but the proactive nature of what you're doing with the Sunday joint is, uh, well, it gives people a, a peek into your personality. Everybody, but everybody loves the encyclopedia as it is. Everybody agrees that all that stuff I'm doing should be online. Yeah, it course. should be there. And everybody sort of wants to support it to some degree. Yep. But if I can do something, and I think I can because of all the years, all the stuff I've wrote, all the time I worked at Surfer, all the, if I can do something that's that comes to you and goes into the, the, the joint, by the way, is sent out by email. And it drops into your, into, your, into your inbox once a week, and there's no other promo stuff that comes from EOS. And it's this thing that you look forward to getting. Yeah. And if you open it and read it, and right away you're... It's a Monday morning read for me. 
Yeah, it is for a lot of people. But it's like, that's the thing that I think people, um, like, if you, if, you, if you cut them off from that, they would actually want, I, I, I feel like I'm flattering myself. They, would, they actually want, they want to read. Like, like they, people, yeah. if I don't put the joint out at, uh, at three o'clock on Sunday, I start getting emails, hey, hey where's the joint? No this way. Week? Yeah, and Funny. I love that, you know? So that's been the thing. And I, I didn't think it was going to be as big. I made so, so many mistakes on this, you know, 10-year thing since I've been working on EOS. And I remember early on, uh, Lewis Samuels saying, hey, you should put out, you got to, you got to put out a thing about, you, know, you have to, you, you have to blog, you have to talk about what you're working on. I said, no, I'm just going to put, put the A through Z stuff up and put the history stuff up. It'll speak for itself. Da, da, da. You know, so for years I didn't do a newsletter and like five years ago I started doing it and I came up with that name Sunday joint, which is like, I'm terrible at titles for things, but I love the Sunday joint because it had all these different connotations. It was like a juke joint. It was a re, it was a joint that you smoke and it was, and but the main thing was the Sunday joint, I think in, in, in Europe is after church, you go over to somebody's house and they've smoked up a giant joint of beef or mutton or whatever. And everybody gathers around and you around the Sunday joint. So that was the real, I had no idea. Yeah. So I, I got so happy that I thought of something clever that actually makes sense that I got going to write the Sunday joint, man. And, um, it's ended up, I've ended up, you know, writing this thing that's basically supposed to be entertaining while at the same time um, crooking its finger saying, hey, come here, there's a bunch of links you should see over here yeah. too. This is like, this stuff all connects, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's really fun for me to connect surfing to all kinds of other stuff. Like, you know, any, whenever we get stuck into surfing, like that whole, that, that stupid uh, ad in the 80s, like I think it was instinct, that surfing is life, the rest is details. And like, you know, all of us bought into that, surfing is everything. It's, Fuck that, it's not, you know, you got, it, it, it's so much better when you're, bouncing it off of music and movies and, and architecture or, 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 and I've actually written about architecture on the Sunday joint. So I'm not just pulling that out of my ass, but you if you can bounce it off other stuff and if you can also, uh, and I can do this pretty well. If you can also make connections between surfing's past and present and you see how, how, how the sport uh, is elastic enough that stuff that's happening here in 2022 is very similar to what was happening in 1922. And if you can see those connections throughout all the decades, um, for me anyway, like, again, like I was saying, looking back on all that amount of time, uh, you know, the better part of my life that I spent surfing, I just feel better. Like, well, I know why I liked it because, uh, people have felt the same way about it for, you know, all this time. And I can just, I can just sort of see what was attractive about it then and now and how there's a through line to all of it, you know? And so not, not a lot of people have the knowledge set or the savvy to kind of make that through line. So you're the right guy for the job. Plus your tedious detail kind of scholastic approach to it all. Um, I am what I, I kind of re uh, learn all the time or is that there's so much that hasn't yet been archived. Oh my God. So, and, and so I know your hands are full and you're doing your best, but it's like, there's now Instagram accounts that are um, publishing videos and or footage of surf magazines. They're just literally people who go through their old surf magazines, take a photo and publish it on Instagram. Maybe right. they include the caption, right. at least the photographer and all that. But I'm like, man, surf magazines, because there was only five, internationally, let's say, of kind of like, you know, substance. Everybody's experience ran through that filter. Right. And those magazines actually took their job seriously. And right. so they 
honored the past. They gave that oral tradition and shared those stories. And we all had the same rites of passage. So everybody who entered surfing entered through kind of the same passage, you know? And there was a lot of benefit to that because we're all brethren. So if I went surfing in Australia or Hawaii or wherever, it was like, we're all kind of part of the same, we all understand it the same way. Well, it was a water, it was like the water, the magazines were kind of like the water cooler. Everyone, everyone knew the same. And we all, by the way, when it comes, a set wave is coming, we all understand the hierarchy in the lineup. Right. Because we all kind of entered through the same ways and we know who the same icons are and all that sort of stuff. And, the media landscape has changed in a million ways. And so everybody kind of enters from their own path now. Right, right. And there's surfers who their favorite surfer is Alex Denost, and they have no idea who John John Florence is or Noah Dean is. And then there's people, you know, and the opposite, people who only know the CT and don't know anything else. There's just everything. And so I'm like, man, it's interesting that there's no, uh, Wikipedia, let's say, for the surf world, where you can just go and kind of learn. You could type in a word and learn who who Mark Richards is, right, you know, or right, whatever. Right. I mean, there is now with EOS, there is right. for Mark Richards, right. but there wouldn't be necessarily for Lost Films. Right. Like, where well, would I next, go learn about Lost Films? The next thing I wanted, the thing that I want to do this year coming up, and uh, I'll be mentioning this, and I'll be fundraising on it, in fact, is EOS, Encyclopedia of Surfing, exists but it's, it's sort of my, it's definitely my take on surf history and surf preservation. And it's all, uh, it's all uh, curated. Like I pick everything that sort of goes in. So if you go to Shane Haran, you're going to get a cup. Like I, I almost I, said him instead of Mark Richards. There you go. That's oh. super weird. You'll get two or three videos that I made about that. I, I didn't make them. I, I grabbed, I grabbed the photos and put it out of the film and put it together and Pick, and I picked whatever weird song I wanted to go with it, you know. So you're going to get a, a interview I did with Shane Haran in the '80s, and you're going to get uh, his EOS page, and you're going to get that history of surfing page in which he's in. No one's going to be able to like when he when I'm I'm working on this project the way uh, who's that guy that built the Watts Towers? No one's going to know what the Watts Towers. Yeah, are. Yeah, I know what they are. I don't know who the guy was though. So it was just some crazy guy that just built up these towers in the middle of Watts for no reason they just it appealed to him and he built it up and it i hope it's still there it was an art project yeah yeah it's still there so eos has a little bit of that to it and i I decided a couple years ago that when i either die or retire eos is just gonna um i'm not gonna shut it down i'm just gonna close it it's gonna stop growing and you put it up it's just there for everyone to see like a 10 commandments well, if it was like, if it, in other words, if it had been a project, like say if it had been a book project, it just goes up there and there it is. It's a done, it's done. But this year I want to build um, a thing that I'm just calling EOS archive for lack of a, a better uh, phrase for it. And it's not complicated. I just want to build this structure, like a, I think of like a library and I want to create a filing system and I want to just start taking entire um, sort of, chunks of surf history that are at risk of vanishing digitizes them and putting them Perfect. on the shelves so there's a there's a surf magazine that some of your older listeners may know it's called surf guide magazine and surf guide published in santa monica from 62 to i think or 63 64 maybe a little bit of 65 and in surf guide was so good that that basically john severson found a way to put it out of business. John Severson loved the man, great, every accolade you could lay at his feet. 
lay it on his feet. And I would say it's actually an accolade to also say that he was a killer when he wanted to be. So John Severson recognized that Surf Guide was a threat. And after 22 issues, John Severson managed, for reasons I won't sort of get into, but he managed to basically put him out of business. Did and he? then they did the smart thing and hired their editor and brought him over to Surfer. Okay. Like to say he killed it, but let the editor escape and brought, him, brought Bill Cleary over to Surfer. So I, when I think about this thing, this EOS archive thing, like my, this, it's been in my head for years now that I want to take those 22 issues, scan them, uh, make PDFs out of them, make them all searchable. Uh, and that's the first thing that goes on the shelf. And then I don't want to run that thing because it's good. That is not curated. That is just say, let's take good. every Greg yeah. McGill, every film, totally. put it on the shelf. Let's every surf Inc magazine, which hasn't been done. I'm somebody who's maybe already doing it in Australia for tracks. Every tracks magazine should be up there. And this project will be um, open to others to upload. I need other people to contribute. It's, it's way too big of a thing for me to do, but that thing, EOS archive goes on after I'm done. Yeah. That's something that carries on. But that's the thing I really want to build this year. And I can't, for the life of me, believe that no one's done anything like that. There's so much stuff. There's so many books that that are that are not digitized and they're just surf history books that are just gathering dust on shelves and no one can well, see them. And, and, you know, so who, who would, or why would they, I mean, I've thought about doing it, but by the way, my plate's full and it's I like, know, I have right. all these magazines and it's like, okay, well I need to get rid of the physical copies. Right. I looked up how to buy the digital scanner. turns out they're pretty cheap nowadays. They are. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, I could do that. And then I could also incorporate that into this business somehow and, or maybe at least Instagram or whatever. And it's like, it is a tedious time consuming project. It's a job. It's a, it's a, who's going to do it. So EOS now has enough, it's been around long enough and it's got a donor base and it's got a subscriber base. And I think it'll be supported by um, donors. I think it's something that, you know, I, I will, uh, it, it, none, of, none of what I'm talking about is especially expensive. It's just uh, building that, the, the structure I'm talking about, the digital the platform is simple. It's just a, you know, it's a searchable database and you want to make it look nice on the front. Got to hire an archivist. Well, no, you have to hire. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to hire an archivist. You you do have to hire or maybe bring on board um, uh, either a bunch of interns or you go to uh, a college and say, "This is you know, can, can we get some help loading up?" And you you want to probably hire. You want to probably want to get someone who can um, start getting grants for you. Okay. And you also want to go around to people like you know you and I know who who are rich surfers who do believe in this. And yeah. it, and I tell you who it's not because I've learned this from all the years with EOS. It's not whatever's left of the surf corporations, they don't, they've never supported EOS in the least. They don't, they don't care about it, but there are surfers of means out there who I think really think this would be a, you know, would be a great idea. Yeah. And then at some point, because I can't do, I want to start that project, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be on point. I want to be, I want to keep doing EOS. These are two, you know, the archive project is separate from EOS. They're sort of connected, but the archive, I think I would then try to um, partner up with somebody else and get them, another nonprofit, to take it over. Yeah. I just want to get it started because people people don't like, you know, it's hard to get. Everyone I've talked to says, oh, that's such a great idea. I can't believe no one's done it. And, but no one does it, so I'll, I'll do it. And I'm happy to do it. Good. Uh, I will support that. Our listeners will support that. And it's at a uh, surfing up until this point is at a size where it's doable. Like those 
the number of those magazines exist and we can find them. We know where they are. It's also like if you, if you go like, if I, if I, if I, if I made the project a little more finite, which I may do and say, it's the, uh, the archive of 20th century surfing. So I don't have to be responsible okay. for, so in other words, what you're trying to do is get the stuff that was published and is really going to turn to dust. Right. So exactly. Okay. Perfect. Then, then I think, then I think, like it's a finite number of magazines. It's, it's a lot, but we know where they are. They we, they still exist. They exist, and it's it you know, and it's it's not. It's still it was still a pretty small sport for most exactly. of the last century. So know? we so, can still manage it now. Right, it will grow to the point that we can't manage it anymore. So right. So to, so anyway, but I like like you can like I was thinking like if you're if you're going out looking for someone to sponsor something, you say hey look, you, the the archive gets broken down into smaller projects. Like the first one is going to be this surf guide project i'm going to go ahead and get the surf guides all scanned and put up on the shelf totally who, who, then who can i get to do uh to back a much bigger project which would be surfing magazine right that's 50 years worth of magazines bigger project but again finite it's a number it's you know and all it really is and the is dollar it, amount that it required to do that also doable fundable yeah i don't know i mean i i wouldn't even i'm not gonna even take a guess but fundable yeah for sure no question. Yeah, and and you know, you do the same for uh, all the Walt Walt Phillips movies, all of the Hal Jepsen movies, you know, and you just start pit, you just start putting all these things on the shelf. Yep. Anyway, so that's that's what uh, I'm going to be uh, coming at everybody with for next year. Well, when does the fundraiser drive start? It's December twelfth uh, to twenty second. Ten days. Where do they send? Why why only ten days? Okay, I don't know. It's, let's let's people, have a real talk conversation. Right. EOS subscription, eos.surf, to be to support it, to have access to all the things that you're talking about, is $3 a month. Soon to be five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Five is nothing. Five is too small. No. Double it to six. Make no. it 10. Right. So whatever. It's three bucks a month. And then to only do a drive for 10 days, do a drive for the entire month of December. Um, it's, more, know, it's, it's more down to, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe. I, you know, it's pretty arbitrary that it's 10 days, right? Everybody who just listened to the whole spiel is like, where do I send my well, they, money? No, they can. You're like, you don't, you know you don't have to wait till December of course, 12th. Of course, of course. On the site, there's a yeah. donate button and a subscribe button. And I, do, do, I get donations now and then throughout the year. Do it for but a month. The reason why I do it for 10 days is that that's all I do is, is for 10 days is just Pump it. send out. And mostly what it is is just getting in touch with everybody. All the, everybody who's donated in the past gets an email, da da da. And, and I can't, I, I actually don't know if I could take 30 days of it. You know, it's, it's hard enough to do 10, 10 days of that, 10 days straight of, of, uh, you know, fundraising is. I'm envisioning a phone bank. Know, I'm working right? one phone. Chaz is working another phone. Right. All these other people you mentioned are working another phone. That would be actually a great idea to have people like, like the, like the telethon kind of yes. thing back in the day. Yeah. We could Jerry. Well, not yeah. Jerry, but Jerry Lee Lewis Did is he what die? I was going to say. Yeah. Was, Look at Jerry Lopez, even better. You know, Jerry Lee Lewis would have been better. Jerry Lewis was the guy. Jerry who, Lewis, sorry. But yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis just died, I think, two weeks ago. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. Killer died. We'll get Jerry Lopez to do it. I, I'm just saying. I know. I'm envisioning. There's so many good ideas. Yeah. So many good ideas. I know. It's only right. so little time to. But implement. you were, I was saying to you when we were going surfing, you were like, oh, God, I, I know we got to talk about EOS, and I'm so bad at it because I like it's not that I, and you were saying, oh, if you don't. What did you say? You say, oh, if you don't care about it enough, talk about it. And I go, no, no, I care about it. That's all I want to do is work on EOS. Yeah. But I get, I'm not a good pitchman for this yeah, thing, yeah. you know. I so think I, you did a good I, job. I, I'll let you, when you do your intro, 
for it or your outro. Is that the dog? Yeah. I think, I think Time out. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. Let's leave Warshaw out of it this time, but I'm still here to tell you that the holidays are obviously filled with splurging, starting this week with Thanksgiving through Christmas and New Year's, uh, which is great. I'm all for it. I actually am a big fan of splurging, but do not compromise getting the things that you need in addition to those splurges. You don't want your full diet to just be splurges. You wanna make sure that you have everything that you need to function optimally, enjoy the holidays, spend time with family. So let's talk about athleticgreens.com surf. Promotes gut health, supports immunity, boosts energy. AG1 also helps with recovery. It's packed with superfoods, adaptogens, antioxidants. It's trusted by the world's best endurance athletes. Basically, it's foundational nutrition for better health. It fills the nutrient gaps in your diet, supports whole body vitality, and it's just one daily serving of green powder. And it's packed with a potent blend of multivitamins, multiminerals, probiotics, all working together to help you feel at your best as your healthiest self. So foundational nutrition made super simple. Go through our link, athleticgreens.com slash surf, and you will get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 along with five travel packs. They'll just ship you the green powder to your door every month. You take a scoop of it with eight ounces of water and boom, nutritional gaps filled. You've got everything you need. And then you can enjoy the holiday splurges without feeling any guilt. In fact, you'll feel great about it. So enjoy AG1, athleticgreens.com slash surf is where you go. Enjoy. And then there's a tremendous sale going on at realwatersports.com. 70% off site wide. So tons of gear, board bags, leashes, fins, all sorts of stuff, um, actual clothing as well. So you can do a bunch of your shopping, not just buy the surf equipment that you need, but shop for friends and family and benefit from deep, deep discounts. They're also um, discounting surfboards for Cyber Surfboard Monday, $100 off all new in stock surfboards, but additionally $100 off not an additional $100, but also $100 off custom ordered surfboards. So even though they have 1,500 boards in their inventory, if you want something that they don't have in stock or maybe somebody just purchased what you wanted, uh, you can custom order it to your specs and you'll save 100 bucks there too. So basically 100 bucks off for Cyber Surfboard Monday. So go check it out, realwatersports.com. Now is the time. Enjoy that. Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. 
Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, we're back with round two, Manhattan round two. You did a great job pitching the EOS, even though you don't want to. So okay. your job is done. All right. EOS.surf, right? That's it. Um, I do want to, I mean, we've gone, we've run an hour. We could end the show now, but I do have questions that mm -hmm. I prepped that I should ask you about or that I want to hear your opinion on because I discussed these things maybe with Chaz, maybe with other people, and uh, I would like to get your take on them. Far away. Uh, you, one of your Sunday joints was about is surfing hip. Oh, yeah. It ended up actually becoming an article on Beach Grit. What was the premise of the article? And then I'll ask you specifics. The premise of my article was? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it was, I think, I think that was one where, I, this is going to sound not demeaning exactly, but I remember I got the song, What is Hip Stuck in My Head by Tower of Power. I love the song. And it's like, I'm almost at a point now where I, it, something comes at me and I go, uh, I get a joint out of this? And then um, Sam George wrote an article, and I love Sam. He and I have been friends since the 70s. We used to surf in WSA contests together, he and Matt. And I all got along great. Um, he wrote an article for Surfer called What is Hip, or is Surfing Hip, sorry. And the article was pretty good. But I remember I got to the end of it, and it was the, the he wrote the article in oh shit when was it early two thousands maybe something like that two thousand eight I can't remember in the aughts sometime, 
But the conclusion was, hell yes, you know, surfing is hip. It's so hip, you don't even know how hip it is. It's incredibly hip. And I just thought, are you kidding me? How can you? Like, it wasn't hip back then either, you know? So it was just me getting that song stuck in my head, and I wanted to go revisit Sam's article. But what I really wanted to do was say, of course surfing's not hip. And then I was trying to figure out in my head, does that matter to me anymore? Like, do I care if surfing is hip? And my knee-jerk response is that is, of course I don't care if it's hip. Who should, why should you care? It doesn't get in the way of me riding my wave. But then if I think about it long enough, I do care that it's no longer hip. I actually do want surfing to be cool. or And mm. a hip and cool, I know, are not sure. the same thing. But... For this. Yeah, I, but, you know, I like, I like, I thought it was better when it was hip. It just made me feel better to be part of it than when it does now. It doesn't, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker that it's not hip, but right. I did like it better when it was hip. But did you enter surfing or develop your passion for it because it was hip? Was hip part of the draw? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Cause I started in 68 or 69 and surfing was kind of, underground at that point because the shortboard revolution started and and uh everything was real anti kind of anti-commercial at that point at least in california and um it so surf it, you know in the in the mid-60s it was competition stripes and surf teams and all that kind of stuff and and when i got into it it was stupidly anti like everything which is it wasn't that fun in a way but it, it's it felt cool it felt like you were part of a counterculture right so I, who, I did, so who were who were the hip icons when you got into it? Well, Lopez was at the top, you know, and Reno Avalera was always super hip and cool. Um, Jeff Hackman wasn't hip, but we but he we he, we all loved him anyway. BK Barry Kanapuni was the hippest surfer in history, and then you know the anti hip guy who ends up being kind of hip in his own way was Mike Purpose because he was so garish and loud and and funny. Yeah. Um, so. What's your assessment on today, 2022? Is it hip? Do you think, is anybody, is anybody think surfing's hip right now? No. Nobody, no. And then I, I, I don't, so I don't know, is any, does anybody? Sure, maybe people do. I look at it under a microscope, so I have a hard time kind of understanding what the gen pub right. sees it as. But to me, there is a, there has been, I will specifically kind of a, maybe rightly or wrongly or fairly or unfairly, point the blame at the WSL. Like there's been a WSLification of surfing that has been decidedly unhip, you know? And yeah. the, um, but I would just, it was summed up on somebody else was good. If WSL didn't do it, somebody, I don't think that, but you, sh but it's embarrassing that the WSL, because they are the arbiter of yeah. what should be the best surfing in the world. Right. And they've so far, gotten distracted and the w the finals day was kind of the perfect example of it or it was the culmination right, of it right, right. where they got chris cote to stand there like bruce oh, buffer boy. the surfers themselves were embarrassed horribly embarrassed they were just looking at the ocean they're just like i'm just gonna i remember literally calling jody and going oh my god you have to see this look what they're doing to these guys this is the final day this is like look, look what look what's going on right here and it was the fact that they thought that was a good idea is insane right, first of all right but the surfers were looking at the ocean because they realized, okay, the UFC fighters look at their opponent. Right. The ocean. It, didn't, it doesn't make it's, sense. It's man versus nature, woman versus nature. So I'm going to look at the ocean because right. that's really my opponent. But the WSL missive was 
stand across each other like Bruce Buffer and we'll get Cote to do it. I don't know why Cote said yes to do this. I mean, of all the things that have been asked to do along the way, that's one where they would have handed me the script and I'd go, you know what, you guys? Yeah. Hand it to somebody else. I don't think Chris would say no to that. I don't. I, I don't know. But I don't it, know where. It, it I don't is, know where his line is. I, well, I don't. I don't either. But I'm just saying, like, it became a farce. It was already a farce, but that was a moment where I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Well, there was also like, weren't I? Th- remember noticing it right from like maybe the first heat, like the minute they were just hopping off the stage way before you. They, you the, the insult, the shade, the, the shade thrown was. See ya, I'm out of here. And they're just jumping off the stage and going surfing. Because again, the surfers all know it's man versus nature. It's woman versus nature. The opponent is secondary. What I'm saying is if they had not done that really cringy way of doing it, you would have had them stand there looking like, oh, when can we go surfing? But because it was that cringy, I think they all hopped off that stage seconds seconds before they would have otherwise. Like they made that... Totally. But but I agree with you. But my point is specifically that the surfers understand the core tenet of drama, which is man versus nature. And there's no other sport that can actually uh, provide that level of drama, that level of intrigue, interest. The WSL is the one who doesn't realize that. Yeah, they, but the so WSL is the one who's like, let's run finals day at lowers. I know, I know. Or let's run in wave pools. Let's run you, at beach breaks around the world. Once you've, once you've signed on to run events in wave pools and at lowers... Having Chris Cote make a you know do this ridiculous Bruce thing is all, all you're doing is putting. I mean, you've already you've already lost it. You've already missed the you've already completely missed the point. And 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 again, the, the thing so, that's so amazing to me about that is that uh, the the way to do it, they stumble upon it now. Every now and then, they just do it exactly right, not through any action of their own, but because. Uh, because Chopu or Pipeline or something gets really good. And then, you know, they've got all the cameras in the right places and, and the score, the whole thing with, uh, with, with the best two waves is, a, you know, when I was younger, it was best four waves or best yeah, five yeah. waves. The best two waves was a great idea. The priority thing is a great idea. Man on man is a great idea. And let me just add, I hate overlapping heats because I don't want to have four people. It doesn't. So they've got, we never almost, you know, rarely do we talk about how many things they do Right, because when you do something as wrong as have finals day at trestles or in a wave pool, it doesn't matter how many right things you do after that. It, you, you can't overcome that. Oh, that's all true. I'll go a step further, though, by saying that if you just do the core tenant right, everything else sus- figures it out, figures itself out. So if you just run the surfers at pumping cloud break, pumping pipeline, pumping chopes, yeah. G-Land, yeah. J-Bay, yeah. there's Kandui, there's a couple. We really quickly identify who the best surfer in the lineup is. Right. Or certainly the best five surfers out right. of 32, right. which is way too bloated. Right, right, right. right. No question, right. we'll figure out the, you know, right. five out of 32, but very quickly, two out of those five. Right. And so now, sure, let's put a little, let's put a little criteria on top of that okay, let's go 30 minutes, let's find the right. best two waves and we'll really pinpoint who the best is. Right. But if you just put them in pumping surf, everything else, you don't have priority squabbles, you're not trying to figure out the difference between a 5.5 five and a 5.7, I love like all you that. are I mean, in Newcastle. I love all that stuff. I think, like, I think the priority, I think all the stuff, if we have good surf, if we just say, let's, I love all of the bad, I, I, I like the bad calls as well because that's going to give us, as fans, 
It's like the it's like the umpire at home calling the guy safe when he was out. Like, how much fun is it to then talk about it? Also, so we have a whole QS tour for that. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying that, like, a lot of the stuff. If you if the surf's good, um, uh, I there, there I don't mi- I don't mind that the rest of it doesn't go perfectly. I, you know, best two waves makes sense. Half hour heats makes sense. Um, judging's they're, they're never gonna you're never gonna have a thing where the judging is agreeable to everybody you know and no but it's a lot easier to figure out who got the best wave at pipe than it is who got the best ride at merriweather 100 percent, or right. or brazil since brazil's on tour every year but the, you know the, the hip thing is also it's okay uh, so back to hip yeah i was just it's, it's, it's the, the the wsl is definitely anti is is is, is the antithesis of cool right uh, and it doesn't it really doesn't need to be that way but but Let's be better off not. It would be in their best interest to not be that way. They don't. They so. don't understand. But they, I don't see how. I don't see how they could. I don't see how they could. I, I keep thinking. I keep giving them the benefit of the doubt. So I keep thinking they know something that we don't know. No. Like, I don't. No. Right? No. No. So this well, is, well, then that would imply that there's a vision, and you can try to tell me what that vision is. I, I don't know. I mean, when when they when they, it's not necessarily a vision. It's a. It's there. Uh, there are. Um, barriers or hurdles or there's things there's things that they know that we don't know that force their hand i'm just playing tripping, de- i'm playing devil's advocate yeah, here you're tripping you know, i think i maybe i am tripping i don't know yeah. you know i mean again they used to have the final at pipeline like in what they world it out i know in what world when, when that's already a thing but is there something there is there no. something underneath that that we don't know about do you think their no? own bureaucracy but why would their own bureaucracy pick trestles there there there's some logic in their head about why they're doing it What's the logic? What is it? If you were, uh, if you're Elo, what is he? What would he say right now? Well, he'd say that he'd, give would, you, he'd give you an eight minute answer that distracted you and pointed to all the okay, successes. Okay, but so what? Does, what made them say let's move it? I, I get the one day final thing. I, we can talk about whether it's fair or not, but I get it. But why not have it at pipe? Why have it at trestles and not pipeline? Great question. No, what's the, I'm saying? I'm not saying this. What is WSL has a reasoning, and maybe we don't know what it is. And even if it's like, what is uh, WSL's reasoning? No, uh, I I have no idea. I have no idea what the reasoning for that one would be. Anyway, so they're they're not hipping shut. They're not hipping. They, so they up, were, but they were texting with me four years ago, like, "Hey, what do you think of this idea to do this finals day thing?" And I'm like, "It's very interesting." Uh, I didn't foresee all of the things that are very clear to us now of the shortcomings of the finals day concept. But I was like, you know, I think it could work on a boat trip. I specifically said on a boat trip in Indo where there's rights and lefts and it was kind of a open window of days that you could run. and You have three rounds or something like that? Yeah, and maybe it runs at Greenbush for a round. Maybe it runs at Lance's Ride for a round, whatever. Like, I think that could be very interesting, but... All of my direction or feedback was waves. It has to be in pumping surf. And it has to run in a window where there's going to be swell during that. You know what I mean? Right. So that's all of my arguments ever come from are just put them in the best waves in the world. I know. Like you can't Mm -hmm. have the best surfers in the world fine tuning. It's a Ferrari. John John Florence, Jack Robinson are finely tuned right. Ferraris right. that can only 
there's a fraction of the surfers on the planet, all, I'm virtually zero, who can actually do what those guys can do at North Point, Chopu, right. Kandui, all, right. Pipeline. And so asking them to go surf Surf Ranch or Brazil is putting them in a go-kart. I agree. And then going, okay, now go show us that you're the best in the world. And those guys are like, wait, I've spent 20 years fine-tuning this right. thing. And so it's a disservice to the sport. It is regressive for the sport. And so stab high on the on the other side are Vans doing their pipe masters right. this year, kind of rethinking the wheel and going, okay, we're going to take these specialists, put them in the best possible conditions for what they do, and let them progress. You see... Them I, elevating one another. I know, I know, I get that, but I also say I, I can't be I, I still really only want to see it where it's leading to the world title. I don't. I, I it's not hard to create a. But I, it's I, not. I know it's not have, interesting if the. I mean, no offense, but a Connor Coffin takes out John John Florence and Merriweather and whatever and Rotnest or whatever right, other, right, and right. then ends up in finals. Day. I know. It's like no, we know that there's a Ferrari and there's I, not a Ferrari. I know. How is it possible that the non-Ferrari makes it as the fastest car in the world? Sometimes if I come upon like a backdoor shootout or one of those one day, like those one-offs, if, if I come upon it, uh, I remember the, the contest they had at ours one year, what was like toe-in slab surfing, like... The Red Bull does an event there. I, I'll just go, oh, wow, well, I'm, I'm going to spend a few hours and watch this. But by and large, I just really like the... I really like the whole thing. Here's this, you know, like like a baseball season. I want I want that ten event thing leading. But can't to, you do that in good waves? No, that you can. I'm just saying, but I also don't like. I don't care enough about the specialty events to like care enough who's no, no, going to no. be it in the band. No, no, doesn't have to be a specialty. No, no, but I, but I don't want to watch like I, the people that are doing these great contests. Good for you. Like the WSL could do that. I know, but they. I I, I I'm I'm tired. I, I I'm too old, or I'm too. Tired of discussing why they. I don't okay. know why they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it's it's insane to me. It just keeps happening. And you know what? I'm just gonna tune in and just keep watching anyway. I, I watched every heat at Trestles, and I can't say that I. I mean, I, but did seemed, you watch Brazil? No. Right. So you didn't watch every heat of the year, but you no, would if it was in good surf. Hundred percent. At Cloudbreak, you'd watch. J Bay, you would watch. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of my point. So, the news story that broke two weeks ago about Netflix, right, making a bid. In the WSL, mm -hmm. not following through the deal. Chaz and I discussed that, and we're like, man, imagine what the Netflix would do. Mm -hmm. Netflix understands how to make compelling television, mm -hmm. clearly. Imagine what they would do. The debacle this past year of the WSL not getting waves at GLAN would right. never have happened. Netflix would have been like, how much does it cost right. to rent out that place for right. two weeks? Right. WSL's balking because we don't want to rent it for two months. Right. And right. get the great swell. There was right. great swell before. There was great right. swell after. Right. No, they can run it for two weeks. They can only afford that. That's it. You know, and then we get sh no waves. And then they run a terrible event as right. a result. Right. Netflix wouldn't balk. Right. They'd be like, rent the thing for two months. Who gives a crap? Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's a it's a tiny, it's a pittance compared to what we're spending on whatever else. So rethinking kind of what it would look like under that scenario they would end up with the best surfers in the world, riding the best waves in the world, and a very clear champion at the end of it. And it's like, that's cool. I mean, that is cool. Talking about hip, bringing it back to hipness. I know, hipness, I know, I know. Like I, when, I, I, when, I watch, when I watch uh, Garrett McNamara's 100-foot wave thing on HBO, right. I'm gobsmacked. Right. I, I mean, and right. I, I don't necessarily think that Garrett McNamara is hip or cool, right. but I, I'm like... 
This thing is men riding mountains. Right. Like it's insane. Well, you're playing to a surfing strength, and WSL doesn't play to the WSL never plays Not to the strength surfing. of surfing. It plays to what they think is a sporting ideal, which it doesn't work. That's very the well. disconnect. Because right. to me, it's not. It is a surfing strength, but it's distinct to surfing. There's nothing that's else what I'm, that, on that's the what planet. I, that's what I mean. That right. is this cool, right? Like the reason I got into it, not the reason I got into it, but a large part of the draw for me was just the the machismo in it, right? Like there's a John Wayne in it, right? That right. I was born a hundred years too late for, right? Or whatever. That it's like I'm not going to be riding horses on the old west, but. Right. There is a confrontation with nature that you are, you know, uh, subjecting yourself to and trying to better. So, I think that uh, that just, that's what's hip about it. Guy, that guy, who, uh, a guy died a couple of weeks ago named Kemp Auberg, who was a, just a great surfer and a Malibu surfer from the late '50s and early '60s. Surfed a lot with Dora and Mike Doyle and those guys, and uh, and they were. Somebody asked Kemp Auberg about like. Because surfing went through this huge explosion uh, in the early and mid '60s, which is getting bigger and bigger, and everybody was just as pissed off as you or I or anybody else is about the crowds at that point, especially at Malibu, right? And Kemp was complaining about it a little bit. He said, "You know, on the other hand, of course it was going to get huge. It's so much fun to do. Like, like wh why would so? I, 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 Kemp was just saying, there's no blame here. It's yeah. like so." The other thing we haven't talked about in terms of making surfing less hip is if you're surfing, if you're selling boards out of Costco for how much? hundred. hundred bucks? hundred bucks. I think that Lopez is 200, but the wave storm All right, is right, so you get a wave storm for 150 bucks, whatever. hundred. hundred bucks, okay. And, you know, the, the last time I was in Hawaii uh, last winter, uh, I got COVID, had to stay an extra week. It was fine. Jody and Teddy went home. They didn't catch it. And I didn't have a bad case. So I just had to stay in the, you know, where I'd been. Isolate a bit. I wasn't that sick. I, I kept walking down and jumping in the water and just watching TV. And I wrote a Sunday joint. And the last day I was there, when I had to go home, when I was feeling better, the surf came up. Not big, big, but pretty big. Uh, and I and went out and just surfed uh, pinballs. It was like, you know, pinballs inside Waimea. And it was, you know, like... Double overhead, something like that. But it's a, it's a, it's just a big, mushy, like San Onofre dumb wave. But sunset was pretty. T sunset was too big for what I wanted to do, and I went and looked at. It was actually really good, Laniakea. But you ever seen Laniakea? It was like going from way out, almost by Jocko's, all the way like super fast guys riding seven sixes, older, super good older surfers just going straight lining Mach four. No way was I going out there. So I go well. I'm just going to go home because. There's no way, for, no, nowhere for Matt to surf, wah, wah, wah. And it was a beautiful morning. And I'm driving back to go pack, and I go, oh, look, there's pinballs. No one's out. And it, it's just, again, it's just a dumb yeah. wave. But I, you know, I pulled in, unloaded. I go, bitch, and I'm going to go surf pinballs. I went out, rode three waves, pulled out of a whole lot because I'm out of shape and I still had COVID. Got a wave, one last wave in, and I, I it was glorious, and it was Waimea Bay, even if it's only pinballs. And I'm walking up the beach, so happy that I had had this experience and feeling that connection in the bay, and, uh, and I'm so happy. And the guy that's walking by me to go out, you know, Mason. No, it was a it was a just a, a touristy guy oh, holding no. a wave a wave storm. 
And I go, wow, I've just had this magic moment with this tr- with this classic surf break. And he was the nicest. He goes, hey, man, I saw that last wave. It looked fantastic. You it's, enticed him. It's so beautiful out there. And, and, and I go, it is, man. Have a great time. And all I can think of, he, he gets to go out there now and have a great time. I don't begrudge him that. He, he drove past it, saw it, and he wants to go surf it too. Like, why wouldn't he want to? So that was what Kemp Aubrey was saying, right? Like, surfing was too great to ever be a I mean to be hip or cool kind of has to be smaller it has to be this little secret thing like surfing surfer magazine had this cover story in 1978 and it was a backlit photo of a guy at Honolulu Bay and the only cover blurb it was a beautiful photo it was a, in fact I think it was a gatefold backlit photo okay. and, it, and, the, and the only cover blurb was the secret thrill and it you know it's a little sort of poetic that's a de- t- total Steve Pesman the secret thrill and you know in 78, it still kind of was secret. Like that guy was just a, the, the point of him being backlit was there was no stickers on his board. It was just a guy riding a beautiful wave by himself. And it's too nice of a sport to think that that's actually the thing you do. What you usually do is you're out surfing with a bunch of people on Costco boards because it's so bitching. Why wouldn't they be out there? So, so my point is, is that it we're was, making the same point. My point I, is I that it's too fun. It's too beautiful. It's too good for its own cool preservation. You can't keep that thing cool and hip when it's this enjoyable. Everyone's going to come in and do it, you know, and you just got to, I didn't make, I never, here I am sounding like, you just got to make your piece with it. I never made my piece with it. When I was surfing a lot of, "Ah, I got to go with these people, sheep, everyone's following me out like a bunch of sheep. And I would just paddle down to the next peak, grumbling. You know, if someone came close to me, I never, Said shit, but I would just glare and, ah, man, you know, and fuck, what an idiot, you know? I mean, I, I'm definitely not mad at the Costco guy showing up. I made small talk today with a guy, went before we mm-hmm. paddled out, a guy in the blue kind mm-hmm. of mini mal with plastic fans, mm-hmm. lumbered into a wave. And I was like, okay, sweet, that guy's not a threat. I'll go sit next to him. But I made small talk with him and he was super nice. I'm not begrudging that guy either. What, uh, my my concern is, is I want to ensure that the value for the arbiters of the sport, whoever they may be, WSL, Ben Gravy, Jamie O'Brien, the arbiters of the sport should be venerating what is unique about it. And the, the man and woman versus nature and the kind of conquering that thing is what is actually very cool and also very unique and distinct. So I, I'm just going to... Making, it a, I'm, making I'm gonna, it a sport. I agree. I agree. And I, and making so, it a sport and just like every other sport and trying to draw all these parallels and connections is you're missing the point entirely. What I talk about with EOS... If, if we're just trying to figure out who can exhort more willpower over their surfboard in a pool like a gymnast... So. That's the opposite. Right. So you've got to the thing that gets up in me way more than WSL, way more than Costco, which is everybody going nuts over the pool because I feel like the only thing that surfing really has going for it is, is the ocean, is that we're, we're leaving the beach, going to the ocean, and it is literally connected to a something that's taking place a week ago and 2,000 miles away, and how weird and how incredible is that that you're there's a storm the 
the storm comes and you get to ride this last gasp of a wave. Like that is uh, amazing. And it, and it, and it, you know, and, and, and figuring out what you have to do to be able to ride that, to be able to find more of that thing is that's the whole thing. We've made our fits into your life as right. we talked about earlier. So the minute and, and everybody getting excited about pools and it's weird because I have this sort of split in my mind because obviously like the, uh, the Waco pool where it's just people, you're just riding a, sh you know, you're riding 30 waves in an hour. Yeah. And, and that to me is a really different thing than what, 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 what Kelly did in, in Lemoore, which is to out nature, nature. Like when you've made a better wave than the waves that all of us lost our shit over at Cape St. Francis, when you've outdone Cape St. Francis, like sure you did it. Great. Now what? Like now, so instead of, that being a once in a lifetime thing that happened or, or instead of perfect surf being something that you talk about with other people being, I hate, I hate the cliche, but it being that kind of unicorn experience. Now perfect surf is just how much money do you have and who do you know? Doom, boom. And every wave, every wave that, you know, press the button, press the button, press the button. And at what point then that, then it's, there's, then there is no perfect surf. Then you're, then you're just, uh, all you've done is made a half pipe. Right. Exactly. So that drives me like that conceptually. I don't really care what WSL does to surfing. I don't really care what the, what Costco does to surfing. But the idea that wave pools will become a, an even bigger part of surfing, and I think it's already happened, makes me just say, well, and I'm not gonna, f I can't fight it anymore. I'm just saying, no, well, that's too no bad. Fighting. It just, it just, that's they've really. Well, there's, not only is it becoming a bigger part of surfing. My really, con my real concern is that it becomes surfing. I don't think it will, but it... It, it becomes it, what other people... Like, right. motorcycle riding used to exist. Out, uh, or, like, uh, off-road motorcycle riding existed in the desert. Enduro riding, right? Right, right. And now it's supercross riding. It's going around a track and rounding around. Exactly. Yeah. And with fans, with spotlights and all that sort of thing. So it's like, if surfing becomes that, it would be a shame because what it is now, it's so disparate. And, and what it is now is so uh, virtuous, by the way. Like, it has all of this inherent, for whatever um, constructs that society has forced you and I to live by, we can still have this little sanctuary thing over right, here. Right. Then we go in and it's like, wow, okay, this is remindful of hunter-gatherer society and meritocracy right. and all this sort of thing. And as it shifts more towards just what the rest of society is right. and that belief system and res lack of respect for the hierarchy, all that sort of thing. It's just like, it's sad to see because this was the last vestige. When you asked me what the, the mission statement of encyclopedia of surfing was, and I said, uh, you know, it's to preserve, present and archive surf, <laughs> surf history and surf culture. I can't remember it, but the truth of the matter is, is that what I, what I see in my own work with EOS, that is the, through thing all the way through it is that um, the sport is worth uh, celebrating and and worth presenting as this thing that is really different from everything Correct. else, like the, the uniqueness of it. And you and I today, at our secret spot, not too f in the middle of Orange County, we went out and had a small adventure in the middle of Orange County. We surfed a wave, we surfed a little peak by ourselves. At a time where, you know, uh, and how did, like, that just seems, and I didn't think I was going to surf today. So this all just happened. Duh, 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 duh. 
And what a what a weird, wonderful, cool little moment that was. That yeah. We went out and got some waves to ourselves, in a, you know, and and that's the same thing that's been happening in surf. The fluky, weird things. And, and on the flip side of that is all the time I spent a shit ton of money to go somewhere and got skunked, yeah. or, or all the t- all the surf trips that I took where I got almost nothing, you know? So take the good with the bad, but the point is we've all dedicated ourselves to this completely pointless activity and great. That's, you know, it's not a, it's, it's a fun way. It's an interesting, fun, unique way. Let's just concentrate on the word unique. Cause that, and what I love is that what happened to us today isn't far off from what would have happened to somebody in surfing wave pools aside as far back as you want to go. So, you know, Somebody back in ancient Hawaii was expecting to go just, you know, pick taro root and, oh, shit, look, the surf's good. And, uh, well, I, you know, lying to whoever they had to lie to to go down and get a few waves and then come back and feel better. And so. My grandfather. Uh, what's that? My grandfather. He was born in Kauai. Well, there you go. He wasn't picking taro. It was sugar cane. Um, that part of, like, like, like putting, uh, putting focus on that whatever it is in surfing that makes it uh, uh, different from everything else refuge. is, is worth, not even a refuge, will, is, is worthy of that. That's worthy of all my attention, you know, from now on. And so I, my, all my cynicism that I just expressed in the last 30 minutes was, uh, it's new to me in the last couple of years since I turned 40. I think I'm more cynical now than I used to be, but it, um, doesn't distract from my personal experience with surfing. Right. I still go, I surf, I surf by myself all the time. Surfing with you today was weird. Like I'm normally just by myself. I know that go same spot. No, not, no, right. rare, rarely there, right. but I just surf by myself all the time. And, um, the wave storms don't bother me. None of that, but it's when I then Go home, open the computer, and see how surfing is being portrayed to the outside world. But if you that weren't, doing, get pod, in, get if you weren't doing this professionally, you could just tune it all out. I could, absolutely could tune it out, and or I could move to Central California or the Pacific Northwest. Right. Uh, but surfing to me is the refuge, where it's like, well, I could still be an active member, contributing member of society right. in a very productive area, Southern California, and serve all like you know do all these other things that the modern man does, but still have this refuge. If I didn't have this, honestly, if I didn't have surfing, there's a good chance I would move far away from Southern California and just be a hunter. I would, I would get into hunting. I would get into rock climbing. I would get into something else that tried to satiate that. But you feel strongly enough about surfing that what you're actually doing here is you're pushing back. You're defending. Well, discussing you're, you're about of, it is the pushback. What I'm right, but you, yeah. you, you are. We're we're hopefully articulating something that a lot of people feel that maybe you know, like we're pushing back on. I don't, yeah, it's a great, lot of lameness, you know. And I think I think people that come from our generation feel that way. I don't know how many people who discovered surfing since COVID feel. I don't either. That's yeah. a that's a mystery to me. That yeah. is right. So and I, you know and and I, I guess I hope that if someone started surfing during COVID and someone said, oh, you should check out this site or maybe you should check out this podcast, they're going to get a different version of surf than that would they get if they go to the WSL site. So I think there is sort of, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify what we're doing, doing, but 
your podcast is going to be the first, like when someone says, oh, is there a good surfing podcast? I love podcasts. I've just started surfing last year. I love podcasts. What, what can I, oh, go listen to Surf Splendor. Yeah. And maybe they're going to hear us talk and maybe they're going to go look at EOS and maybe they're going to get a different sense of like, oh, I, you know, I love surfing. I didn't really know, realize that it, maybe this, is, I, I kind of love it because I really love going into the ocean and it's, it has nothing to do with, you know, yeah. I, I do like the con. And so, well, for those people who just discovered it and heard this episode, I'd say go back and listen to Dick Metz hear him talk about discovering all the things that he discovered. Go back and listen to Derek Hines episode. I think he had a lot of interesting things to say and context kind of building. Jamie Brissick has had a lot of interesting things to say on here. And I would say go to EOS and read the Vicki Williams uh, interview. She was a woman who surfed at Malibu in the fifties and she was, she's still alive. She's so fun. So Should, should I interview her? 100%. 100%. Yeah, Where is she? Yeah. She lives in Idaho, I think. So Zoom. Yeah. Or a She's ski awesome. trip. She was, she, was, she was married to two... Di- she was married to the... Uh, remember the Green Hornet TV show? Yeah. No, it's way before your time, but you know... You, well, anyway. I know it. Yeah. But the Green Hornet was Van Williams. So her name was uh, Vicki Flaxman, and she rode Malibu before Gidget. So she was like, Gidget... And she's still pissed off about this. She, she is fight. She's 91, Vicki, and she's so fast. And she just She'll just say, oh, Gidget get you got all the attention like there was like four or five girls and i mean girls 16 year old high school girls who were uh getting these hot new boards from their boyfriends who happened to be matt kevlin and tommy's on and riding malibu on better lighter boards than anybody and they they really did it when no one was paying attention vicky's because i like, ah, get you got all the attention we were there before Vic, before kathy got there da 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 um Fuck, where was I going with that? But she, she's, you know, like you, you said, it. go read for new listeners who have just discovered the podcast and or EOS. Go read that. Yeah. Vicki Williams, Vicki Williams flex. Oh, no, she was married to, she was married to the green Hornet van Williams. Yeah. So she, she was just, just big broad shouldered, just Amazon of a woman. And, uh, she was attractive, but huge, like a, like, and, and men just fell at her feet, you know? And, and, uh, she was super athletic and she's just a, and she's still that way, and she's 90. She plays pickleball every day. And I, you know, I talked with her on the phone a bunch, and I had this woman who I'm working with with EOS interview her. And when I think about is surfing, you know, is surfing hip or is surfing cool? Like, I think that if, if it's still interesting to Vicky, or if she, if like the thing that caught her eye, that's when, that's why we should do it. Cause she, and she's had this whole life in which surfing was sort of a huge part of it at first, and then it became less. But it, she still thinks about it all the time. She still loves talking about it. And um, I feel like, as you know, if surfing means Vicky, uh, Vicky Williams, then you know, we're good. She vouches for the rest of us. Did you watch Stab High's uh, the recent Stab High in the finale where Sierra Kerr won? Yeah, I saw. I saw the clip of her doing the full rotation. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. And a couple of other of the competitors in that great setup for the next 10 years of um, rivalry mm-hmm. in women's surfing. Like I've never been more excited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my mom just showed up with the big boy All right. and the dogs barking about that. Um, so, we okay. Should. And I, uh, let's, let's uh, cheers. See say, see you on episode five yeah, and let's eat time. some meat and cheese. I love it. Okay. Thank you, David. Yeah. I can give you what you want, but you got to go home with me. I forgot some good old loving, and I got this.
summon stone When I get through throwing it on you, you got to come back for more Boys and things will come by the dozen That ain't nothing but drugstore loving Dirty little thing, let me like to count Cause mama, I'm sure hard to hell and I yes around EOS.surf is the Encyclopedia of Surfing's website. Again, so much there to enjoy, but additionally, so much work still to be done. And that three bucks just goes a long way. If everybody listening to this podcast got on and, and supported that for three bucks, we could make some huge contributions to helping archive so much of uh, what was produced in terms of surf content over the last five decades. So thank you, Matt Warshaw, for doing the work. And uh, thank you, listeners, for not only supporting Matt's work, but for supporting our work. We were giving away that spider uh, fireball fish on December 1st. So there's about a week left to get in on that. You can do that on our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com, where I will also post that photo of Matt getting barreled that he talked about in this episode. You can also find the entire archives of Surf Splendor, as well as Spit with Scott Bass, The Grit with Chaz Smith, um, Hardcore Surf History with the Brewer Brothers, Surf Stories by the Florida Surf Film Festival. We've got it all on our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com. All right, that is all that I have for you this week. Thank you so much. It is, in fact, Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., So I am grateful for you, our listeners. I am grateful to be able to do this work and to be able to cultivate friendships with guys like Matt Warshaw through this work. So a pretty remarkable life that I've been able to lead thanks to you guys, largely. So thank you. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Take that time off uh, from work this week. Enjoy it with family, but also ensure that you get back into the ocean, share a couple of waves, and shred on. All right. Thanks, guys. I got to have it. Give me some good old love. Some of your good love. And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash surf. That's linkedin.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.